1: I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise His word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. In your prayer, O oh Lord, okay. and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the. Soul. I hate the work of those who follow my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... I will defy tyrants. I will defy tyrants.
0: And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at sons of liberty media.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. And uh, if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of liberty radio.com and sons of liberty in fact, right. if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you'll see two videos on the top of the screen. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday. Uh, you can watch that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon at which time he'll go live. This is Saturday, so he'll be on for two hours instead of one. So be sure to catch Bradley at 3 o'clock. And then on the right side is where we're streaming live. Just click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got, And um, click on the Rumble icon. It'll take you over to Rumble. Join us in the... (laughs) That's right, Salt. Yeah, it's it's a little itchy. I'm in the itchy phase. I've got that for about another week, and then it'll start growing out, I guess, a little bit more. Anyway, (laughs) sorry to get sidetracked there. But we are streaming on Rumble. Uh, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. We're also on before it's top of the page, DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And then also Twitch at Setting Brush Fires. And we appreciate all you guys who tune who tune in across all those platforms. Really appreciate your support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email. Um, you get one email a day from us. And then if you want our ministry email to know what's going on in the ministry each week, and also get the special of the week before anybody else gets it on the radio. Uh, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up right on the front page there, and uh, that comes out once a week. We'll be sending that out a little bit later on today. Also, if you would like to help us and support us in what we do, there's a donate button at the top of the page. Click on that and make a one-time donation. Or if you want to partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty, love to have you do that, and we would really appreciate it. That link is also available. Our store is available last day to get this offer for the week. This is Bradley's uh, The Prayer That Rocked the Capital DVD. Um video footage from 2011 shows you exactly what your politicians are all about. Okay? And they're not about representing you. It shows you what the mockingbird media is. Bradley was invited to give the opening prayer at the Minnesota State House back in 2011. Before he got out of the building, like 10 minutes after the prayer, 2000 outlets across the United States had already misrepresented him, put words in his mouth and all kinds of things like that. Democrats and Republicans, okay, there's no difference between them, okay? There really isn't. In the state house, were shooting him down for his prayer. And then they brought in this spineless, syrupy, effeminate, emasculated, panty-waisted chaplain that they had who didn't pray to anybody except himself. He never addressed anybody. And they were just fine with that. As long as they don't, as long as the guy don't touch on Jesus Christ, or the Creator—they're just fine with that. <laughs> so, if you really want to see what that is all about, get the DVD. It's normally a donation of twenty bucks. This week through tonight at midnight, you can get fifty percent off by using the promo code "Prayer." Pretty simple. Uh, prayer gets you fifty percent off. Now, before I hit a couple of headlines and bring on our guests, um, <clears throat> I want to say I keep forgetting to do this, but you guys who are in the uh, the pre-show where we play the music, I, I love. A Christian, homeschooling, Celtic metal mom, okay? And that's who Leah is. Uh, that's the music that you hear often there. Sometimes I'll switch it up, and yeah, Jeff, I'm going to get you Struggle Jennings on Monday, okay? I'm trying to do that, man. But uh, I love Leah. You can find her at Leah... Um, where can you find her? I was going to say leahthemusic.com. That's one of them, I believe, but also leahmusic.bandcamp.com if you're interested in any of her albums. All of them are are just phenomenal. They really are. And uh, she's got a real talent. And she pulls from musicians all across the world. She doesn't have like a band of her own. She pulls different musicians who have different skills from all across the world. It's really fascinating. Uh, Anyway, if you want to pick that up, leahmusic.bandcap.com if you want to support her. And we appreciate her very much letting us uh, use her music. Also, SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Hit a couple of headlines here. Uh, Trevor Loudon joins Bradley Dean Live. That If you missed the show the other day, I think that was on Thursday, they were talking about the Enemies Within the Church documentary that had come out. We had Kerry Gordon on before to talk about that and how the Marxists have infiltrated not only the educational system, they've infiltrated our seminaries and our churches. And they do so specifically to dumb down the christian population and not tell them the truth about what the scripture says and make them soft towards communism that's what that's what it's about also sons of liberty media.com irony fully quote-unquote vaxxed bill gates claims to have tested positive for COVID. now you know what the tests mean nothing right he's just the latest a long line of these big name people in the media who say they've got COVID. yeah right right we could only hope, right? We we could hope for a person like Bill Gates. I, I'm just saying that. Um, also, Biden's loony Ministry of Truth are demands power to put context to your tweets. Uh, if this isn't ridiculous, somebody else putting the context of your statements. I I don't know. I played this earlier in the week, but listen to uh, listen to what this chick says. All
1: right, go for it because I'm verified. But there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified, who aren't, you know, legit. In my opinion, I mean, they are real people, but they're not um, trustworthy. opinions anyway, are like elbows. Verified people can um, essentially start to edit Twitter the, the same sort of way that Wikipedia is, so they can add context to certain tweets. Um, so, just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint, if President Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud. Someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state. uh, (laughs) And and could they add the video
0: of of the number of people dumping off ballots
1: so that people um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim on a tweet.
0: Could, could people add video of the, the 2000 mules as it was, as uh, the Sosa put out, could they add video of people dumping in ballots after hours and all that too? Could that be part of the context? And as far as uh, people who are verified, that just means that they are who they say they are. They have been verified. That's not an opinion. That's what somebody's went through. That's the process. This lady is a knucklehead. She has no business being in public service at all. She doesn't understand the First Amendment means you don't get to do that in a government capacity. You just don't get to do that. But you guys keep pushing it and the people who are going to deal with you one day. It might take a couple of days. It might take a couple of months or years. They're going to deal with you and you ain't going to like how they deal with you because you're infringing on our rights. And you call it just, you call it lawful, you call it needed. I think... If if look if that's the way it is then I think the people get to do the same thing to you and to Joe Biden and we do that with free speech. We don't need a government entity to do that. You just leave the lines open and people can go in there and they can say they can ask you questions and they can put it to you and they can show you information that discredits what you're saying. That's what free speech does. Some of you will notice I leave comments up that are derogatory about me on rumble or anywhere else i'll leave them now if they're attacking other people if i see it i'll kind of take that off but otherwise i mean if they're just attacking them there's there's no substance whether but if people disagree with me i have no problem with that that's part of free speech and it should sharpen us it should challenge us to make our arguments better right that's what it should do all right sonsoflibertymedia.com FDA commissioner claims misinformation is now America's leading cause of death. Yeah, from the mockingbird media telling you shot, these shots that they fraudulently call vaccines are safe and effective. I'm yeah, it is a leading cause of death. On your on that side. But what he means is anybody who tells you that they're deadly, that there's adverse effects, that there's millions of people around the world who've been affected by those shots, well, those guys are misinformation. That's not true. And you know it is. Their own CDC, the corrupt CDC, is even saying it. SonsLibertymedia.com state passes unlawful bill allowing government to vaccinate preteens without parental consent. They're minors. They're under the guardianship of their mom and dad or their guardian. And yet they want to say, no, 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 they can they can be up they can they can make these kind of decisions. they can murder their babies, they can take a shot or whatever without Mom and dad, but if they do something, boy we're ready to hold mom and dad accountable for that. Some of them are ready to do that kind of thing. Last one here, that giant sound you just heard was the housing market starting to crack. Now we had this back in two thousand eight. there was a film, what was it called the Big I forget. I've recommended it to you guys because I saw it, and it was really good in expounding how the housing market bubble happened. And you know who was really responsible for it? The government. Because they said, you've got to give out credit to just anybody and everybody, banks. And so they were doing it, and people were buying two or three houses, and they couldn't afford the payments on them. And it was a big bubble that burst. And they've done the same thing again. They've done the same kind of stuff. So anyway, with that said, um, Kate's not with us just yet. I don't know if she's even coming on. I know she had a a long evening yes, yesterday uh, to uh, have a seminar that we report or that we put the report out on the other day. So uh, Nikita is joining us again. She was with us yesterday or last week. And um, we're going to be talking about navigating child services. And I I was telling you before the show, this is going to work out really good with what we've got coming on Monday. Because last night I did an interview with uh, Diego Rodriguez. And many of you remember baby Cyrus, who was taken from his family, his loving parents, um, by the state of Idaho, by the agents of the states, the the organized crime syndicate thugs out there in blue, that thin blue line that everybody wants to praise, All right, that baby was taken from her. She was taken to jail along with her sister because they would not give up baby Cyrus. And the people came out. You're going to love this interview. The people came out in full force, hundreds of people to protest that day after day at the hospital and at the Child Protective Services in Idaho. And you know what happened? In seven days, they gave that baby back to their parents. In seven days. Guys, do you wonder why I'm pushing for a a county militia? That's why. And if you're not a part of um, the, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the thing of what it was. Ammon Bundy. You can go to Sons of Liberty and put in Ammon Bundy and find the interview that I did with him. And he's got the uh, rights.org. I'm trying to think of what it was. Anyway. Um, if I think of it, I'll, I'll tell you. But uh, go there and find that and join that. It works with your text messaging system. So if you have a problem, you can text that. They can notify people in your area, and people can come to help you at your home, at your very home. Uh, if you get into a situation like that, or you've got some of the rogue agents of the state who want to uh, come in and terrorize your family. But anyway, we got Nikita online, and uh, Nikita, you're going to have to unmute there. But uh, it's good to see you again. Um, Hi. A good morning.
2: As yeah, sure. with my baby is making a noise as you can hear. Oh,
0: well, that's okay. That's okay. We'll we'll deal with that. Um, we we yeah, under- it was a
2: bit of an impromptu um, <laughs> Zoom today, so I didn't have childcare sorted out. So I apologize for that.
0: No, that's okay. But
2: what shall I make do?
0: <laughs> that's okay. We will uh will will accommodate that. We understand family. We love family, and we want to encourage that. So don't worry. Um, don't worry about that. Do what you need to do. Um, and she's trying to keep her daughter off camera. So that's why some things are going on as far as the video platforms. So um, that's really good. Uh, okay. So Nikita, um, Kate is not on yet. I don't know if she's even coming on. She just said, hey, are you showing up? Because she just said you're coming on. And uh, I assume she's coming I, I on at some point.
2: She said she was lecturing in Cornwall. Um,
0: Aha. Okay. Maybe
2: that's what she's doing right now.
0: I that's probably that's, prob- that's fine. No problem. No problem. All right. So she said we're going to navigate child services. And I told you at the first, is that dealing with, um, I don't know what you guys would call it in England, but is that dealing with something sort of like what I told you with child protective services?
2: Yeah. So it's yeah, child social services in the UK. So okay. just a disclaimer, I don't know legislation or anything in the US. I just know the UK law. Um, But that doesn't mean to say that you can't use that as a template of how to work your own system. Um, So we get so many um, emails, phone calls at when push comes to shove because women and men are terrified because their babies might be taken into care um, or they're declining vaccines. They're declining. I mean, last year was terrible because people didn't want PCR tests. And they said, if you don't agree to a PCR test when your baby's born, I had one lady call me, said that her twins would be removed from her for three days. um, Wow. Um, Then we had another couple who had declined all the COVID intervention. Um, They weren't allowed to leave hospital. They were essentially there against their will. And they said, well, your baby needs a PCR test. The baby was fresh out the womb like (laughs) it's it's bizarre. I mean it's almost as if they don't understand physiology. Um so they they were worried about the baby. Um the parents were declining. Now the the way they were going about it wasn't particularly good. So this is where I come in to just to show you how to navigate the system. Um and they had people knocking on their door all the time. But it's how to avoid them. You know, as the saying goes The best form of self-defense is not to be there in the fight in the first place. Mm. So what I teach people when they come to me and they're pregnant, saying they want a wild pregnancy and a free birth. So what that means is no medical um, intervention whatsoever. So they just want to be pregnant as nature intended. And they, they don't intend to have any midwives or doctors unless there is a problem. You know, these are sensible people with common sense. You not; they're not just being contrary for the sake of it. They just trust their bodies. So if if your pregnancy is going well and your birth is fine, the chances are you're going to stay off the radar. But if you come into trouble in labor and you need medical assistance and you're sensible, so you ask for medical help, all of a sudden you're not on the system. You you haven't been receiving any maternity care. So they will see that as concealing a pregnancy. Now, the problem is there's no legal definition for that. In the UK, it varies from hospital trust to hospital trust. So one hospital will say the uh, concealment of a pregnancy is when you hide it from medical professionals. And then someone else will say, if you hide it from everyone. So it's really hard to define. So they'll say, right, well, you, you haven't had any antenatal, sorry, in America, prenatal care, so that's neglect. Now, the problem is, while the baby's in utero, they can't do anything about that, but then they can call for a child in risk, a child in need or a child at risk. And a child in need is someone that needs to be kept an eye on by social services, and a child at risk is a child that they think their parents can't meet any of their basic needs and they are at risk of harm, so... The officials can come in and remove them straight away. I don't know what the process is in the states. Um, so that means when the baby is born, the social services can remove that child from care straight away, depending on the severity if it's a child in need or child at risk. But if you have been having this wild pregnancy and free birth and then you turn to them for help, it can cause all sorts of problems. Now, it doesn't mean, um, it's going to happen nine times, at, like well, 10 out of 10. Nine times out of 10 you will get problems with social services but here's the weird thing it's not illegal in the UK nor is it in the US to free birth or have a wild pregnancy it's not and in the UK it's actually protected by birth rights 2017 so no midwife or doctor should be making a social services referral um, purely on the basis that someone has decided to free birth it doesn't stop it happening so I have actually written a book it's not it's not quite published yet um just going through all that stage at the moment but this is the sort of thing i help with all the time so um i do one-to-ones with um people who need my help so we'll go on to zoom and i'll give them an hour of my time to help them navigate a very complicated system um and just to show them where they stand now going back to what i was saying earlier about you know it's not being in the fight in the first place you have to know how to conduct yourself. So when people say, oh, I want a free birth or a completely wild pregnancy, I'm like, that's absolutely fine. That's your right to do so. But sometimes I think it might be a good idea just to have a toe in the system to play the game. So you're not going to cause yourself problems when you've just had a baby and you're feeling very vulnerable. Does that make sense?
0: Yep, absolutely does.
2: So, um, I mean, how you conduct yourself. So if you do get on their radar, I think the really important thing to remember is 9 times out of 10 they're not against you they're doing a job right you have to have empathy for that and you have to do this from a place of love not from a place of fear um you've got to remember that when referrals are made they're made through lenses of perception, or in this case, misperception. So people think what a normal child should look like, or what a normal family should look like, um, and anything that goes against that can cause you an issue, which is not fair, nor is it justified. But hey, these things happen, and you have to see how the world sees it.
0: Yeah, well, that's <laughs> uh, that's exactly right, and I've I've had that too, uh, Nikita. And uh, part of the issue that that our family had was. You know, when uh, our, our, our whole family was sick and the kids were getting sick like two at a time, they'd be sick for two days and then they'd get their appetite back. And uh, we got down to our, what was at that time, our youngest son. He's not our youngest son anymore, but uh, at that time, and he got sick and he was always a small kid, uh, but he was like eight or nine months and he, my wife had, had taken away him and he was only like 15 pounds and he had been sick for a day you know, throwing up and and not wanting to eat and stuff. And of course, I know when you don't feel good, you don't feel like eating. You know, if you you can try to take a little, you know, liquid or something down to keep yourself hydrated, but you don't feel like eating. And uh, so when we took, uh, when we ended up taking him to the doctor, my wife took him to the doctor, doctor says, oh, you know, he could, he could die if we don't get him to a hospital. And, And we, we took him for one well visit right after he was born and we don't take him to the doctor unless they're sick. And even then, if they're sick now, we don't take them to the doctor, especially after the encounter we had. And so she said, well, he needs it. I said, his brother and sister's happening. He's always been small. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You're seeing this one time right here. Well, I don't have anything else to go from because you don't bring him in for well visits. Well, you don't take a baby to the doctor for well visits. I mean, we had him. Uh, when I say a well visit, we took him right after he was born. But then from that, we end up in a hospital. And then they don't do anything for him. They're not putting IVs in him. They aren't feeding him. All they did was weigh his diaper. And yet we're, we're, we're the ones said to be negligent. But you put him in a hospital and they don't do a thing for him knowing exactly why we were there. And then that's where we got CPS involved in in our situation by a doctor we never saw and who never saw our child. So I just to give you and there was no there was no underlying layers. That's what it was. And uh, they'll get you in that system. And in many places, they're out to take your child and actually either profit from it through money or in this in the sex trafficking. There's there's no doubt. And that's highly documented here. I've got a friend who done who did hundreds of interviews in a year. With families who are engaged with CPS, it was the same story over and over and over again. That's what they do here in the states.
2: Well, I, I can't comment on that because I don't <laughs> know enough about it. So I, I, I just stick to what I know, just to be safe. But yeah, that is quite common. But the, the problem is, like, so you take your child in because your child's unwell. You're being responsible, right? But then they say we well, haven't gone for your well visits, or what is—is that what you said it's called—a well visit? Yeah,
0: yeah, they call like, it well. We
2: have, yeah, so we have something similar. We have health visitors. So when the baby's born, you're after the midwife has signed off, um, then you see a health visitor, and they carry on weighing the baby, etc. Now, the problem is, just as they uh, classify our our health based on our BMI, which I've always thought is ludicrous, babies have the same thing. So they measure their weight um, against their height on their health. And they'll say, oh, your baby isn't big enough, isn't or is too thin but they that's all they look at they don't look at the surrounding health of the baby they if there's no other ailments they don't seem to care it's about ticking boxes and following guidelines and over here in my experience they have to follow guidelines because they're terrified to lose their job and they're terrified about the system i really have no idea how it works in the state so I'm, i'm sorry but i can't comment on that
0: no it's okay but, I, I, I will but, tell you this. I, I will tell you that in many cases, they come and they are, they're circular in their reasoning. For instance, when we were dealing with our son, it didn't matter what doctor. We went to a gastrointestinal doctor. We went to a regular you know family physician. We went to another uh, specialist. And every one of them, I would ask them, I would say, okay, so just because my son doesn't fall on your chart where he should be, Does that mean he's unhealthy? And they go, yeah. And I said, well, why? Well, he's not on the chart. That was their argument was the chart was God. Okay. And if he doesn't meet here, he's unhealthy. To which I responded in saying people like Shaquille O'Neal, who's a huge guy, or a Danny DeVito, who's a little short guy. um, And their age and everything and what they put, I would say, would you say those people are healthy or unhealthy? And they just looked at me with this, like, I never thought about that. I said I'm I'm guarantee you they're probably not on your scale anywhere. So so they they're not the sharpest knives in the drawer of the people or in many cases the doctors and nurses that you deal with who are tied with CPS because they're going to get paid by the state.
2: Well, unfortunately, they have a script and they have to they just kind of read what they just recite what they're taught to say and they don't take into consideration other factors um about baby self like I had a, a a lady in fact yesterday saying her family have told her that they're really worried about her five month old they think he's gonna die because he's so thin and he should be sitting up on his own by now. He should be doing this, that and the other. And I said, they're, they're scaring you. Like what the, the the dad is very tall and thin. Look at genetics at what the parents i I do this in pregnancy as well. Oh you got a big baby. So you can't give birth, right? Well, what did the mum and dad weigh at birth? What do they look like now? Like, you know, babies are not going to outgrow you, or they're not going to be too small. Sometimes there there are genuine complications, and that's usually down to nutrition or you know, genuine illness. But to tar everyone with the same brush and say the baby has to grow at this stage, that stage is ludicrous. As we all know, babies have different milestones, they meet it in different times. And just measuring a baby's health on their weight and height is ridiculous. So what I would say it's ask them questions. Can you please provide me with evidence-based information to quantify what you're saying? You can't get in trouble for asking a question. You're not on trial, although it feels like you are. But again, I'm really actually quite hesitant to comment because this is a predominantly a US um, radio show. I know, I really know what I'm talking about when it comes to the UK, but maybe things are totally different over there and I'd hate to give someone information and then they... They get it incorrect,
0: you know no a lot of actually, a lot of what you're saying I've heard from plenty of parents, and that's how they're getting them they're 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 um compartmentalizing one thing that they see, this snapshot that they see when they see the baby come in or the child, and then they forget what mom like things like what you're saying, what mom and dad look like, what the family's like, what's gone on in the past week or month with the family. And they assume, well, this thing right here, it's kind of like they go down through a book and they're looking for, well, does this show up? Then I need to report this.
2: Well, yeah, that's exactly what they yeah. do. But that's fine. They can do that. Just say, well, can I have some evidence, please? Can you can you present me with evidence-based data? Um, the, if they're going to use evidence against you, you have to use the same thing. It's, it, put the onus on them. Just like in pregnancy. Okay, cool. Prove it. Prove it. Like in pregnancy, you're not in trial. It's not up to you to prove you can give birth naturally. It's up to them to prove you can't.
0: Well, I um, agree. That's the premise that should be there. But like in the case with um, uh, Diego that I spoke with last night and his grandson, it's not. You don't get to make that argument. They were confronting her, the mother, with the baby in her arms. Okay. They had track. They did an illegal trace on the father's phone to find out where they were. They went and got the mom, the sister. And the grandpa had come in too, and she was in the ambulance by herself, Facebook live streaming it so that people were watching and seeing what was going on. And the cops came and literally took the baby out of her hands and then arrested her and her sister and took them to jail. So sometimes it's like, I know that's how it's supposed to work when people are moral and they're upstanding. But when there's a lot of money on the line, cops are getting paid, hospitals are getting paid, CPS is getting paid. Um... Politicians are getting paid for taking children. Not for keeping the family together, but for taking them. It's a very dangerous thing. And I, I I'm just saying I didn't have my kids taken, but it put me in a very dark place because of the way they were behaving towards me of threats and other things that they made against me and against my family to to, to actually do something like that.
2: Well, yeah, and, and they don't ever look into the reason why people are avoiding the system in the first place. So when when this happens and CPS get involved, what you're doing is re-traumatizing a trauma. So usually women, for example, who wish to free birth, they want to free birth because they don't trust the system, because they've had a bad experience one way or another. And then when social services are involved, you're re-traumatizing a trauma that they wanted to avoid in the first place. And that is usually lack of control. And it's a very, very dark place that women and men are sent to. And especially, you know, when it comes to children you could not think of anything more dark and sinister than your child being taken from you. It would break anyone. And th- there has to be support. I mean, I what you're telling me is terrifying. I haven't heard anything like that in the UK recently, but I don't think it works quite in the same way as in financial incentives, because we have the NHS. Don't get me wrong. There are financial incentives. For example, the the Care Commissioners Group pay the NHS nearly four thousand pounds for every emergency cesarean section they do. So, you know, people think, oh, the NHS is great, blah blah blah. Yeah, but there's still a financial incentive. I really couldn't comment about financial incentive with social services. Never heard that. Um, it doesn't mean to say it doesn't exist. But over here, there's a structure. So you have, um, if if uh if you're flagged for safeguarding. Um, you have like a single agency to support and monitor and then you have like a multi-agency intervention to ensure mother and baby are okay and that like to support and um, achieve the best outcome and parents should be advised uh and have discussion where appropriate with healthcare professionals to come to a, a plan for the uh, best interests of the baby and then like I said earlier if a baby is considered in need um, they will get social services involved in something called mash multi-agency safeguarding hub will be contacted and then when there's a child at risk that is something totally different so um the social services can apply for what's it called emergency protection order and that's under section 44 of the children Act 1989 and they they don't even have to give you a day's notice they can come and take the child and that's usually if the child is at risk um so for example um, there might be domestic violence or the baby's actually been harmed. But that doesn't mean to say there aren't really sinister, sinister things going on in the UK. I had a horrible case recently where a lady had her baby taken from her. I don't want to go into details because I don't, um, if she's listening, it's, I don't want her to be triggered. But um, she did have a baby taken and for reasons I could not fathom. And I thought, what am I not seeing here? There's There has to be more than meets the eye or something very sinister is going on systemically.
0: Well, it, I, there is a sinister approach. And I'll, I'll just let you know, Diego, which we're going to play that interview on Monday, if you want to check it out, you'll probably see a little bit more of what I'm talking about. He, their, their family experienced the more extreme part where they actually took the child. But one of the things he said was everything was fine. The CPS worked to keep the family united. And if they did have to remove a child out of the out of the family, they always look to an immediate, you know, like a family member to put the child with, not to a foster home. Now, since Bill and Hillary Clinton were in office in the 90s, they put through a bill that incentivizes CPS to take children. In fact, I had there was a big story here 20 something years ago. One of the guys who put the brick on our foundation uh, had 10 kids. And he was a white white man. She was a black woman. And so their kids are considered minorities. They had ten kids. They were living in Charlotte. And I'm not going to go through the whole story, but the fact of the matter is, a neighbor called, wondering if the kids had food, wondering if they had heat. Well, why don't you why don't you go over there, dummy, and show some love and compassion, and see if they do, and then meet that need. Nope. They called CPS. CPS comes out. He felt like his family's in danger. They left the place immediately. Stayed in a hotel, moved over into a, an adjoining county, and the judge in that count in the county they were in issued um permission, if you will, whatever orders for them to go to the adjoining county and to take those kids. And they did while he was at work. And they kept those kids. And this guy had like a heart attack in the courtroom. One of his boys, he said, was sexually abused, got a phone and said, this is what they're doing to me, dad. He tried to save him. They were going to put one of his sons uh, who was about to come out of the system. They were going to give him a surgery on his voice box. And there was nothing wrong. They don't want him talking. I guess they figure he can't write or whatever. But this, this was some of this bizarre stuff. And do you know what they would get when they would uh, adopt these minority kids, and this is twenty twenty five years ago or so. They get ten grand a piece for every child CPS would that they adopt out. So there was huge incentive for them to do it.
2: I don't know what to say. That's
0: and they would throw parties. My friend Jim uh, at Northwest Liberty News, who did all those interviews with the with the families, they would throw parties when they took kids. They had them on video. They had them on audio praising each other and having really throwing a celebration that they had accomplished that because it was going to be more money in the coffers for them at CPS. It is it is sinister. And I'm not saying everybody in it is sinister, but that whole system is corrupt. Uh, You know, the Bible doesn't have anything to say about that. Our Constitution doesn't have anything to say about that. The jurisdiction of the home, unless you're like, you know, doing something criminal to your child, and if you're doing that, then you should be charged. But over here, you get administrative charges. In other words, we were told that we were not guilty. We didn't get a, a trial before a jury or anything like that. It's this family court stuff. You know, some judge determines whatever, and he's going to listen to whatever CPS says because he's getting paid too. Um, so, so you have all these kinds of things going on. It, it is sinister. Trust me. I I've seen and heard the stories. I've lived it myself. I can tell you they will pick up on any little thing and the people doing it on the front lines usually are dumber than a box of hammers. They really are. And they have no ability to do what you said, to just take a look around and see. You know, look at the surroundings. Look at what's going on here. There's, there's, no, there's no child abuse. There's no child neglect. But yet they'll tell you you're affirmative, which means you're guilty in their thing. And um, but they won't they don't have the guts to bring any criminal charges because then you could get them for slander and all kinds of other things that they'd be involved in, even kidnapping, if they went to take your kid.
2: I just don't know what to say. That's insane. I mean, I have heard a recent case that really bothered me, not not to do with children per se, but literally over autonomy there was a young lady who had. Uh, she was agoraphobic. She she didn't want to go outside and she didn't like open spaces. And she wanted a home birth. Um, now, there's some debate on: does she actually want a home birth, or did she not want to go to the hospital? Because there's two. They're two entirely different things. But anyway, she wanted to stay at home, and that's her wishes, right? Um, for some reason, the midwife decided that she should come into hospital. I don't know whether it was to do to make their lives easier, probably. That seems to be the case at the moment because of COVID restrictions and midwife shortages. So they went over ahead and a a judge declared her mentally incompetent, that she couldn't make an informed decision based on the fact that she was agoraphobic and overruled her decision to have a home birth and was forcing her into the hospital. That to me was insane. And that should be, there should be very strict parameters of understanding psychology of someone who doesn't want to be re traumatized and understanding physiological birth as well. I mean, that it would do well for everyone to understand that. So we don't get into these messy situations, <clears throat> but here we are. And if this, this is happening, well, like what you say is happening in the States, I literally don't know the answer. I I don't know. I mean it's it's getting off their radar on the first place but then what do you do if you, if your child is sick you want your responsible parent you want to take them to hospital to get care for them. I suppose that's why you know we're all work- working towards the new world and a new a new structure with without these systemic evils <clears throat> as it were. But how you can't do wrong by doing right whatever the saying goes because you want to help your kids you take them to hospital, are they going to be flagged for safeguarding? Are you going to be flagged for safeguarding when you're just trying to help? What an impossible conundrum to fix. If well, you, it, it's scary.
0: Yeah, you know, Nikita, I think this is why people are looking more at natural remedies. They're going back and trying to find out, well, what did our grand, what did our grandparents do when they were sick or they had sick children? You know, people are researching that. They're very interested in those kinds of things. And of course, Kate, you know, one of the great things that I like about Kate is Kate is always looking to, you know, look at what you're eating. Yeah, you, you may get sick even eating well. There, there are certain things that you're going to encounter in the environment and stuff too, but make sure you're eating well. And then if you, if you are sick, here's some of the things that you can use. We talked about, you know, in our family, we use chlorine dioxide uh, and other things like that. So I think that's why people are wanting to get away from what you said. You mentioned like the new world. I don't want to say new world order, but the new world in which people are getting away from. These things that we've been brought up with that are, quote unquote, medicines, which are usually poisons for us uh, when we take them in and go back to what I like to term as creation based medicine, what the creator gave us in our food and and the things that were uh, that that he gave us on the earth, whether it's herbs or whatever it is to care for ourselves and care for our children. I think that's why people are going back that route.
2: Oh, totally. If we want to go forward, we've got to go back. Yeah, I am a massive believer in everything. Any ailment that we can have, there's a God-given cure wherever you look or an elixir, you know. But I think the problem is because we've evolved with such poison around us, I mean, you know, even lighting a scented candle, what what carcinogens are in that? Um, the, The stuff we use to clean our house. And even if you're using everything organic or whatever, when you go out, You go into a restaurant or wherever, there's toxins everywhere. So maybe we do need some sort of additional medicine. And I'm never saying like we should let go of modern medicine because I think that's foolish. But it's knowing there's a time and a place for it. Exactly. Yeah. But I think generally speaking, if you want to help yourself and and nourish yourself, just look around you. (laughs) There's plants. There's fungi that that's like mushrooms are amazing for so many things. Um, there's, you know, and, and even psychiatric, they, the studies they've done on psilocybin from magic mushrooms and LSD, or, you know, if you go into the Amazon to do ayahuasca, what's it, 70% success rate to curing addiction? That doesn't happen on the modern medicines that they give it you. It doesn't. Is? No. It's it's amazing, and I think it's when people find the God particle, <laughs> you know, the um that part of their brain where they can actually let go and just be in the present moment. So much more is is available to them. Um, but you know, I don't know how many people are going to get there.
0: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't either. But you know what i what I tell people is sort of what uh, Kate and I, the, uh, you know, our message has been is that the Bible says that God is Jehovah Rapha, He is the Lord our healer. You know, she got a little. New little puppy dog, she named him Raphael. God heals. That's what that means. Rafa, heal, heal God. And so um, with that, ultimately, he's the one who's provided the healing for us. Now, sometimes he does it miraculously. I've seen the stuff, not on a stage by some you know paid off evangelist on TV, or I've seen it in real life where God does those things. But oftentimes he does it just through the simple means that he's given within the creation, like what you said, plants. Fungi, or you can uh, get the uh, full acid in your, you know, in your drink that you have. Uh, all of those things are good for us, and we should be looking towards that because, in fact, um, somebody made mention. You know, Revelation eighteen twenty three says you are deceived by your sorceries, and that is pharmacia, where we get the word pharmacy. So the people get they get their eyes off the creator in the fact that he, what he's created for us to enjoy and to live in uh, for his glory. And then they start looking at what man can provide for them. And man's always going to hand you a a, a handful of dust in most cases, rather than something that's going to be beneficial to you. I mean, in most cases, that's just the way it is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's trying to find a nice balance. I think polarity is important. So you have to see... I don't even want to say good and the bad because things just are, right? But it's polarity you need to see and to get a fine balance while, as you're going through life. And it's the same, you know, with what I do in pregnancy, you've got to find a balance, what's right for you. I think people people love simple black and white answers, but sometimes there isn't any. So, I mean, I had a, a message the other day telling me I was a dangerous company and I was scaring women. And I thought, what? <laughs> All I do is I my ethos is empowerment and making informed decisions for you. But I think a lot of people really don't like to make a multifaceted level decision. They think, right, there's too many things to consider. There are, oh, it's a bit scary. I wanna hand my birth over. I wanna hand my postnatal care over. And that's fine. They should be able to do that if they want. All I'm saying is, if you have polarity, it's a really good thing. It's great to look at both sides and get balance. Same with pregnancy, same with birth. Same with looking after your baby and then your health therein afterwards it's having a fine balance, and we need polarity we need this good and bad, or what I would just just say is polarity, so you can have a really nice balanced view going forward and making decisions in life and I think it's empowering you have to see both sides of things so you can make the right decisions for you unfortunately, what you 're telling me about with this, this atrocity with child protective services there seems to be a very very Evil vibration somewhere, and I think the only—I don't know all the, the the facts, but I think the only thing you can do there is is try and shift the energy level somehow collectively. Do you remember they did that um that experiment? They had a hypothesis. I think it was in the nineties that if forty thousand people were to meditate in one place at one time, crime rate would drop. Do you remember this?
0: No, no, I didn't see yeah. that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they did it in Washington, and I think crime rate dropped by something like. 45%, something ridiculous like that. It's because everyone's changing the vibrations, the energy of, of, of everyone around them. That's why I always say, you know, everything must come from love. The only real thing is love. So everything else is just an egoic construct and it's something there to scare you. But if you stay in love and you stay in trust, you're just going to do the right thing, I suppose. I'm not, I'm not explaining this very well at all. No, but, but you... The-
0: I think you, I think now you're using some terms that are probably going to turn some people off, but I think what you're getting is a concept that, of what scripture says. Now, scripture doesn't say that we should be mindlessly meditating, but we should be meditating on God's word day and night. David said that he did that. King David said he did it. And he said, there'll be health to your, to your bones and are he, healing to your bones, health to your flesh. I forget the exact terminology there, but he says, this was what it will be. And when men focus on what god has said because god is holy so what he's put out is holy then when we're when we're thinking like that we're going to practice that too i i think there is i think there's definitely something to that but i think the people have to think on those things that are good and the holy and beautiful um and perfect the things that that god says that we should be thinking i think that's out of philippians uh, where he says to do that so i think there's something to the to that kind of stuff uh if the people will will give themselves to that. Many people won't even give themselves to five minutes of a biblical meditation or to even prayer, for that matter, uh, to call upon God to show himself strong in the society. Many people won't even do that, Nikita. So, I mean, I I think that'd be great if we get 40% of America and 40% of Britain to do that and, you know... Do
2: you know how you start? You start with you. Yes, that's right. if If you start if you give yourself so much love you've got enough love to give other people right and it doesn't matter how it manifests but there will be a ripple effect so if you are loving yourself and you're respecting yourself you're eating well you're doing whatever it is that's showing yourself self-care then you've got enough love for your family when you've got enough love for your family it spills over into the community do you see where i'm going with this so if you are if you are living your best life and you're living from a place of love not fear and you are serving, whether you want to say you're serving God or serving the divine, whatever words you want to use, if you are serving and you're doing the best you can, if you can go to bed at night and you can think, right, I did well. I did well today. And if you haven't, what incremental changes can you make the next day? If you start living like that, it will have a ripple effect onto other people. You can't come up with some sort of blanket answer how everyone has to live but if it starts from you and you're doing and you are giving out love every day and and you know do something for someone everyone you come across show them love even if they're making your teeth itch and you're like oh just you know send them love and think right okay that's not my problem that's a them problem but I'm sending them love any anyway that's how we make the shift in energy out of interest, which words did I say that would trigger people? Because I'm very ignorant to this. I must apologize. Uh, that's
0: that's okay. Uh, some people will, will get the issue of meditating, and some people will say meditate, empty your mind, don't have anything in it, uh, this mindless kind of uh, Middle Eastern kind of meditation and stuff. And I'm like, well, the Scriptures doesn't say anything about that. We're to meditate on that which is good. So that if we're going to meditate on what's good, we're going to meditate on what's holy and what's beautiful, we're going to think on those things. Uh, then our mind has to have those things in them. You can't just dump it out. And uh, so I, I think, I, I just want to be clear, but, but there might've been one or two other words, but I didn't mean it to be offensive. What I, what I meant was there are some people are going to be there. I want to draw it back to where our foundation is, which is which is the scriptures. And um, so, and and hopefully uh, you understand where I'm going uh, with that in the fact that, that those things are there. But we got about three minutes. What I want you to do is, can you take the last three minutes? And are there any other things you said? The best thing to do if CPS shows up is not to be there. Are there other things that you can that people can do? And I'm sure whatever you're you're recommending there in England will apply here in the states. Are there some other things that you'd like to recommend?
2: Yeah, sure. It's not like, like not to be there. I'm saying don't get on their radar in right. the first place. If they are involved, let them in. So yeah, I've got nothing to hide. Come and talk. But you have to have. I know in the UK you must. You, you have every right to have a full report. So if a midwife has reported you, for example, you say, Who's the midwife? I want a full assessment. That you don't have to let them in straight away. You, it's probably best you do because if you become, you know, defensive, it's it's just going to show them that you're you're contrary and you're just argumentative for the sake of it. So you can play along. Okay, I, I don't want to give this advice because what you've just told me scares me and I don't know what would happen. Um, if people did that, it sounds like they, they're a little unto themselves over there. So I, I really they don't are, want to say. they are, but if you're in the UK, you have to go through a process. I would, I, I would say, I can't give blanket advice here. I would say, get on a one-to-one with me. So I know your personal circumstances, even if in the, your in the US, I can actually do a bit of research and find a really good way for you to handle this. So I can help you navigate a very very complicated system. Everyone's case is different. It's multi-layered. So if I just give you off the cuff advice right now, I'm not taking into consideration your personal circumstances, your history, something that you might have forgotten to mention that you don't think is relevant. But if I found out, I'd say, well, that's definitely relevant. Let's use that or not use that. Do you see what I mean? So anything to do with worrying about, you know, how you're being perceived. Um, it's a good idea to just book a one-to-one with me. Anything pregnancy, birth-related, just book a one-to-one with you and I'll see how I can help you. If I don't know the answer to your question, I know a lot of people uh, around the world who's involved in this industry, I can get you help. But certainly get on a Zoom with me. But if I'm going to give very general blanket advice, it's how you handle yourself. If you get very, very aggressive... Okay, it... <laughs> You have got just as much chance of changing their mind about their perception of you as they have changing your mind. So imagine they go, you're you're a dangerous parent. And you're going, oh, yeah, turns out I am. That's just as likely to happen, okay? So you're going to have to agree that straight away you're not going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to convince them I'm a safe, caring parent. That's not going to happen. So you have to know how to play by the rules. You've got to have a toe in. Just know behind every intimidating person, there's a scared child. Yep, Nikita,
0: we got about 20 seconds. Tell people where they can find you and, uh, and get in touch with you.
2: When push comes to uk. All
0: right. And uh, all they got to do is uh, there's a contact on there. So you guys can uh, click on that if you're interested in getting some information on mainly the maternity stuff here. Uh, yeah. and. And natural childbirth, right? That's that's your big thing. So I, I want people to check it out uh, when push comes to shove. Uk. And Nikita, want, if you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Uh, appreciate you joining us this morning and filling in for Kate. And guys, have a great weekend, great Lord's Day. Catch Bradley at 3. Uh, get together with the people of God. Read the Word of God. It is powerful. It says it is. Read it out loud and obey it. And then, Lord willing, we'll see you Monday morning at 6 a.m. Adios.